0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Living, a practical guide for living the open-handed life every day. I am very excited because today we're going to start um, talking about and sort of embark on this journey about Sabbath living. Now what's funny about this is that I have been, um, as you know, those of you that have been following these videos and following my life, these, these videos have become sort of like a I don't know it's like a video library of my life (laughs) because I'm just inviting you into this process of mine Um, I've been learning how to incorporate and keep the Sabbath in in my life for the past couple of years and over that time there's been so many times where I thought yeah I did a video I'm gonna do a video about that and people have asked me can you you know talk about Sabbath keeping even more and And um, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get to that, (laughs) I'm going to get to that. And um, I really thought uh, the other day that I was going to do this little series and, you know, put it on the website and say, oh, if people want to start celebrating the Sabbath, they can watch this little series. But then as I started studying it a little more in depth, I realized, wow, this is is not a little series. It's a little, it's way bigger than that. And, you know, right now, um, it is the beginning of September in the year 2016, um, and I realized, you know, I think that this is where God is leading me this whole fall, is to sort of get into what it means to live, um, to, to have Sabbath living and um i wanted to sort of just invite you into this journey with me and um it may take a while so this is not going to be a this is how you do a sabbath uh from four o'clock on friday to saturday at four o'clock it's not going to be one of those kinds of things um and you know whenever you talk about whenever i talk about the sabbath i'm always coming at it from a complete learner's perspective like i don't feel like I have it down or and I don't I certainly don't understand all the ramifications of it I mean these uh, scholars have studied it for um, years and years and years and actually there's you know a few thousand years of um, writing on the subject and um, so I don't feel like I have any authority in the subject but I will say that this is this is my perspective as a 21st century Christian Uh, Coming from basically a pagan background, definitely a Gentile background, um, knowing nothing, uh, just sort of living the American way and uh, coming, stumbling upon this and it's just been getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So I wanted to just welcome you into this process. Um, I'm looking at my fall thinking this is what I'm going to sink into from now until... Um, I start Simply Holy uh, for the holidays uh, and just keep on going, and um, I hope that you enjoy this journey with me. But I think that the thing to just start off with uh, here is that what's happened is I started to realize that the Sabbath, which we commonly think of as this, you know, thing that that God instituted at, at creation and then the Jews followed, but we don't need to really, you know, think about it anymore. Um, It's really not about that day. It's about a whole way of living. It's about a trust in God, and God does not separate it out from actually following him he doesn't separate out the sabbath as sabbath keeping as if that's one observance that you could do um, along with all these other laws these old testament laws he looks at it as our way of expressing that we completely and totally follow him 100 percent and trust him and uh, it's a part of how we live our life how we reorganize our life around god and you know holy living really is organizing your life around god but i i hate using that word because so many people think well i'm unorganized i'm not an organized person there's certain people that are organized and there's certain people that are not no, no no here's the deal you're already organized whether that means you like to go to staples or office depot or not you have already organized your life around something but what this hopefully will help you to do is to Reorganize your life to say, "Oh no, I'm purposefully uh, organizing my life or restructuring my life around God and His the worship of Him." So anyway, I'm just going to start off here with uh, Genesis two. So we know that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and uh, that Genesis is a a recounting of that and how he created everything. And he, at the end of each day he said, it's good. But then when we get to Genesis 2, 2, it says, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And this, as far as I can tell, is the first time that God made something holy. And I figured, well, I'm trying to live a holy life, I should you know, investigate this. So um, it says, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. I would not even come, I would not want to uh, assume that I even know what that means or try to read into that more than that is there. But I think, wow, he took this day and he said, this is gonna be a holy day. and he, And it was because he rested. Now this, this word, um, with a little bit, just a teeny tiny bit of knowledge, you can look at this word, um, the Hebrew word for rested, um, which is a verb, actually later becomes, it's the origin of, um, when, once it's translated, it's the origin of the noun that becomes the Sabbath. So this whole idea of resting of the rest of God um, the Sabbath is all sort of the same thing so looking to find our rest in God looking to see what is going to restore us is going to somehow be um, caught up in the word Sabbath for us um, now the first time we ever see that the Israelites sort of observed the Sabbath as a community as a whole um, where they committed to resting on this day and not doing any work was actually in the desert um, going from slavery into the promised land on the way to Mount Sinai. Um, That's the first time that we see them and it became an official law in Exodus 20. So let's turn over there. So it becomes a part of the Ten Commandments um, and uh, it's one of the Big Ten. In verse 8 it says this is Exodus 20 verse 8, remember the sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant, nor maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in the, or in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the sabbath day and made it holy. And uh, a couple things that just stick out to me with this is that um, it starts off by saying, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So it reminds me of this idea that the Sabbath day is already holy. It's our choice whether to enter into it and and to keep it, just as Jesus is already Lord. You know, when we come up out of the waters of baptism, at least in the... um, in in our church culture we say Jesus or before we go into the waters baptism we say Jesus is Lord and um, we are saying actually a fact that Jesus already is Lord he doesn't need us to follow him to make him Lord (laughs) he already is Um, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to him right and then we know that in Philippians 2 it says that um, that Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But when we get baptized, we say, now, I accept him as my, as my Lord. I am submitting myself to him. I am giving myself to him. Um, I'm not making him Lord. I'm just making him Lord of my life. I'm accepting him as Lord of my life. And I think about this, the same concept with this Sabbath, is that the Sabbath already is holy. Um, this time set aside to rest in God already is holy. It's our choice whether we enter into it or not. And actually later on in Hebrews it talks about how um, after the Israelites had grumbled and complained so much and they had gotten to the, to the promised land, right up to the edge of the promised land and didn't have enough faith to enter into it and uh, they you know, were scared, afraid, they you know, weren't, weren't trusting of God. He said, you know, these people will never enter into my rest. And, oh, how sad. You know, we look back at that and we go, wow, if they had just trusted. And I don't think that that's any different for us today. I think entering into the rest of God, trusting this, going into the Sabbath day, is a, it's a moment of saying, I trust him. And that's what we're going to be looking at today, actually, a little bit more. And if you turn over to Exodus 31, 14, uh, can't get my pages apart in Exodus 31 14 it starts actually I'm going to start reading in verse 12 um the then the Lord said to Moses say to the Israelites you must observe the Sabbath and the reason I this is going to be a recounting of this law but what I like about this passage is that it's the conversation that God has with Moses when he's writing down the tablets and um I did want to say at this point you know uh Usually these videos I'm picturing people listening to them in the car, you know, and they're or you're putting on your makeup and you're listening to it in the bathroom. I feel great about those things. You know, I'm a big like, let me listen to a podcast. Let me listen to stuff while I'm doing other things. And so please go ahead and listen to this. But I I would say that this might be something that you want to go back later, take these scriptures out and uh, read them in, in, in more context, uh, read before and after, because I'm going to leave out so much stuff today. But anyway, this is the conversation between God and Moses. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, you must observe the Sabbaths. This will be a sign between you. Oh, I'm sorry. This will be a sign. I... I always misread this because it's on a turn page. I mean, a page turn. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. So, this Sabbath keeping is actually a sign between God and us, a reminder that he's making us holy. You know, and God is taking, He, he is the, uh, he, He's taking something tangible and He's saying, I want you to use this every time you do as a sign to remind yourself. We know this because every time we take communion on a Sunday, it's to remind us that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. That, yes, I'm going to be a disciple for another week. I. I want to lay down my life. I, I am reminding myself that Jesus gave up his life, and I'm choosing to give up my life. Now, this is a sign for the generations to come, for us, so that we can remember and know that that I am the Lord who makes you holy, that it is God who makes us holy. We don't stand a chance of becoming holy without the Holy One, Right? Observe the Sabbath, because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Whoever does work on that day must be cut off from the people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to rest holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath must be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever for in the sixth day for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day he abstained from work and rested when the lord finished speaking to moses on mount sinai he gave him the two tablets of the testimony the tablets of stones inscribed by the finger of god which is just a incredible image is not but um you know, here we get into this whole thing of, you know, he's saying, I don't want you to do any work. And actually, if you don't observe the Sabbath, death. <laughs> okay. So, um, wow. It, it's pretty, pretty intense. Right. But, um, I think the thing that sticks out to me here is he wants this day to be different. And I think that this can become a stumbling block for us. And I think Satan has used it over the years to go, well, what is work? What is work? And, you know, we live in a society. I don't, uh, we live in a society where the line between work and um, and sort of pleasure or what we want to do is very blurred we are blessed beyond belief that we can't even tell sometimes what work is because our work is so incredibly pleasurable you know we have to really remind ourselves that we live in this blessed age where you know there, it's it's sort of a like a Facebook post do what you love you know, when you do what you love, you every day, no, never are you working. You know, you're always, every day is a joy because you're doing what you love. But we're also a society that can turn any kind of recreation and beautiful thing into work. Um, I know for, for a fact, you know, I made my living as a musician for so many years. Well, where do you draw the line? There's people that would say, oh my gosh, I would love to play music uh, for a living. You know, I'd love to make my money by playing music because playing music for them is just a joy. It's a recreation. It's an extra thing that they do. So if I practice on the Sabbath, is that work? But if they practice on the Sabbath, that's joy. You see what I'm saying? We've got people who make their living literally making video games. (laughs) But, you know, I I was talking to one of my uh, friends the other day and their daughter had just gotten a job in the video game industry, but it was so taxing and the hours are so incredibly long and basically your job right now is to play this video game and break it that she's to the point where she's like, I don't ever wanna see this video game ever again in my entire life. Now something that had been such a joy, you know, and such a pleasure, it was it was something you did after your homework, it's something you did at the end of the day, after you got all your work done, is now her job. So it's, we live in a crazy land, I'm just saying. We need to acknowledge the fact that this does get a little blurry because we live in this land of opportunity where I, you know, I. I've been saying this lately to a lot of people, but you know that there's a, one of the jobs is to create those little Google things. I just would love that. I think that's the coolest job in the world because I go on Google just to see what, what's the little Google thing for today. <laughs> I think that's so fun. But um, I look at these people creating the Bible project and I mean, it's just, we live in a crazy age where what we love to do, we get to do and someone pays us to do. Where else are you paid to play basketball? Please tell me. When else have people been paid to play a game? It's crazy. So I know that this can get tricky. And if you look up all these laws on, you know, what are you supposed to do on the Sabbath? What can you do? What can't you do? Well, you can't light a fire because, see, back then that was work. But I'm thinking that today when you go click to light a a candle, we don't conceive of it the same way. You know what I'm saying? So I think the thing for us to do, you know, in our day and age is just to go, I think what God is saying is he wants this day to be set apart. And isn't that what holy means, set apart? And so there's a thought that is, you know, there needs to be a time in my week, and apparently it would be after six days of work where my day is different and it is set apart to remember that it is God who makes me holy. So, am, can we sit here and say, well, for you to play violin on that day, you know, that would be work. But for you to play violin, that would be recreation. Oh, for you to, you know, um, it's always that in my neighborhood, I'll see um, the Jewish people walking on that day. And because, you know, that they're not allowed to do anything else. They need to just walk and get to get where they're going. But, you know, some of us would think, well, that's harder than driving a car. you know. So I think that's the wrong way to go. I think the right way to go is how can I set this day apart and say that it is holy? And I think if we're moving in that direction, God is going to bless it. I'm all about doing something imperfectly until you get it right. I mean, that, that we practice something and God refines it and He teaches us. That's the idea behind practicing an instrument. We practice the instrument and then we become better at it. Um, we're not going to achieve a perfection on it anyway. We become better at it. So allow yourself to just think in those terms. Now, um, later on in Leviticus 25, I want to read this. Now this is going a little bit further but it kind of shows you the heart of god which sort of is my goal with this video i guess is to or to get us started is just to see the heart of god behind this and in leviticus 25 um god is setting up a sabbath year This is interesting. In verse one, it says, the Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land, I'm going to give you the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years, you sow your fields and for six prune your vineyards and gather your crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself, or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your manservant, your maidservant, the hired worker, the temporary resident who lives among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. So he's actually saying that i i want even my creation i want the earth to get a rest every seven years okay i just think that's crazy we don't we don't even know what to do with that in our minds right so we're 21st century what does that even mean we don't even pick our own stuff we go to ralph's and pick it up (laughs) give me my grapes so i don't know that we can completely conceptualize that but can't you just see the heart of god here that he's like he operates on a different time zone than we do that he operates in a different way than we do that he is all about this rest and he's all about the seventh after this it's going to go into the year of Jubilee and that's when you count up seven Sabbath years to get to the 49th year and then you're gonna have a year of Jubilee which is unbelievable I really encourage you as you have time to really study that I I have been just blown away by the concept of it and how God provided um, for people through hard times. Um, really this is, um, it, for, for those of you that are interested in this kind of thing, you know, when you're comparing this socialistic uh, type of government with a, with a capitalistic system, socialism versus capitalism and all that economic kind of thing, this is a really interesting study because you know, um, both capitalists and socialists will claim the Bible as their base, and they can. That's what's so interesting about it, is that they can. Where both of them miss their mark is in the motivation of it, because the only way the socialist system works is if that we know that the Lord is that He, that the earth belongs to Him, and that He is the one uh, that is giving us everything. That the Lord, that that all of the earth belongs to Him. That all of the property belongs to Him it doesn't belong to the collective, it belongs to Him. And so that's why socialism in itself, outside of God, has its limitations. And then, you know, uh, same with capitalism, as we can clearly see that, um, you know, God is all about a- 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 us working and us uh, being blessed for the work that we do and that um, that He blesses that. And, but where it misses His mark, when it's all about us. So it's the greed. It's the greed that can stop the capitalism and the socialism. So I wasn't trying to get into some kind of debate there, but I'm just saying it's a really interesting thing for those who like to go uh, deeper and just see, well, how did God set up his government there? You can read that later on your own. But the thing I wanted to read after this in verse 18 is a very key concept for us today, and this is probably where we'll end for today. It says, follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws and you will live safely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit and you will eat of it and you will eat your fill and live there in safety you may ask well, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant our harvest crops i will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for 3 years while you plant during the eighth year you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in And I want to, I think I just want to end with this today, because look at this concept that he's saying. You know, they're obviously looking at this going, oh, no, 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 God. I mean, how would this ever work? How could I possibly, how could we not plant for a whole year, this whole seventh year? And he goes, no, just trust me. Trust me. I will bless you three times. I will give you threefold what you need in that. In that year to come before, and it will supply all of your needs until the next time. And I think about just the amount of faith that that would have taken for the Israelites not to work for a year. I want you to picture right now just saying, Okay, I'm not going to work for a year, and I'm going to trust that God's going to give me enough money for that <laughs> in that sixth year to make up for the year that I'm not working, plus the next year as I'm starting to work and I don't have the money. I mean, that's really an incredible concept, but um. You know, God is just saying, trust me in this. And I, I think it's the same thing that he says in Malachi, when he says, you know, just bring a 10th, just bring me a 10th of everything that you make. Trust me in this and, and and see, test me and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven for you. You know, and we've, I, those of us that have have tithed, even when we couldn't see how it is gonna work out, we've seen that, that we get back way more than we could have ever possibly given up. And I want you to start trusting this with your time. This is a concept that we need to start trusting, is that, you know, when we do anything that moves in the direction of giving God more, He gives back way more than we gave up. We know this is true in a lot of areas, but I want it to be true in our time. And I want you to just think about, could I give up the seventh day of the week? Could I just give up this one day of the week and say, God is more important and you know right now I'm sure you have all your but how could we but how could but but how would that could I even but we have to figure out how to give that up. it's a trust it's a trust issue this getting right you know getting our life organized around the Sabbath is what God's looking for really it is he's looking for the trust in our hearts that says God is more important You know, I don't know how that will look in your life, you know, so you say, well, I have this on Saturday morning. Well, I have that on Saturday morning. Well, I have this, you know, Jane and I have talked about this at length too, about, you know, we we do Taekwondo on um, Saturdays. A lot of people in my family do, not me, but a lot of other people do. But, you know, that's a really fun thing for our family, but I could make it work. I had to go over it. I had to be there on time and get up. Or I could look at it like, wow, what a blessing. This is so awesome. And I could right size it in my brain to go, we're so lucky to be able to get to do this. This is a great luxury that I have. Some people have orchestra on Saturday mornings. So I can totally see how they could go, you know what, on Saturdays I sleep in until I get, I take my kids to orchestra, and then I go have coffee with God. You know, I can totally see how they could. Um, make that a a time to worship God, but it is up to us to keep the Sabbath by making it holy. So I just want you to open your mind to the thought, can I set aside my fears, uh, my planning, my, oh, I could never give it the Sabbath, you know, oh, but but, 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 all your buts, can you just write them down? Could you just write them all down? And could you just submit them to God and go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you that you'll even make this time available to me, that you'll even make it possible for me to do it. And that in itself is a worship. That in itself is keeping something holy and trusting that God is going to work out the rest around that. Um, you, As we go on, and I start to read from some of the other... Um, uh, that some of the Hebrew writings and some of the uh, Jewish people that um, actually have studied this a lot more than I have, um, they talk about how the Sabbath becomes to the follower um, of God the center of their week. And I have to admit that this has come true uh, for me. Uh, when I entered into this, there was a lot of my like, but how could, but, uh, but, can, but, and through that, God has changed it totally. He has totally overblessed me. That's how I feel. I feel overblessed. I feel more relaxed, more restful, because it wasn't adding something in. It was taking things out. And it has become to me that the Sabbath is the center of my week. And uh that this um that book, that Kasdan book that some of you have read, it talks about how Everything was either an anticipation of the Sabbath the, for the Sabbath-keeping family. We are looking forward to the Sabbath up until that day and then afterwards basking sort of in the glow of it or remembrance of it. And that is definitely how my life has, has turned over the past couple of years. And I totally want this for everybody, not about keeping the Sabbath and in the rules and the legalism and that and the yucky things that it can become which we'll talk about next time but more in this the heart of what God is trying to give to us you know in Psalm 95 it says my soul finds rest in you alone and we know this is true We can go on a vacation and still need a vacation. We can go to the spa and it's never long enough. We can go to the movies. We can recreate. We can do all that stuff that's just about recreation and not feel recreated. The only way to find rest for your soul is to find it in God alone. When I talk about this Sabbath keeping, I'm not talking about finding a time for yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about recreating yourself inside of god's rest my soul i'm talking about soul rest your soul your soul will only find rest when it finds it in god alone and that's my hope for you this fall until next time